Holy Ghost, fill this place with your presence. Touch my life, rest upon me tonight. Let your weight come upon me. I surrender to you. In Jesus' mighty name, I receive your blood. I receive your cleansing power from all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, fill me with revelation, with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray right now, let your presence fill this atmosphere. Let the rest of God and the peace of God return to your people. Let the rest come upon them. Let every curse as we go through this whole season, let this every curse from their family be lifted. Let every curse be nullified. And every legal right be cancelled. Let our eyes be opened on hidden things, hidden crevices. Raise your hands, raise hands, raise hands. Let the breath of the Holy Ghost Feel this place, just surrender to Him. Say with me, say tonight is the night. For hidden things to be exposed. Secret things to come to light every shadow every cloud of darkness to be lifted over my life for the light of your glory to shine upon me in Jesus mighty name father I give you all the honor the praise and the glory let your spirit saturate this place let it rest upon each one I command every entity every power, every burden, every yoke that is not of you to be broken tonight, to be lifted tonight. Every power of the enemy where Satan has bound many that they will be broken tonight in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Come on, let's give a praise of you. your seats just want to ask the sound I don't know if it can be a bit louder on the stage unless if it is my ears that's that's uh, not working or soft but I'm battling I can't hear it. it's it's I don't know unless if it is me but uh, if you can help me with that that'll be great unless if it feedbacks are you guys here tonight are you with us so I don't think you'll hear it there. I can hear it when I talk. It's difficult for somebody to stand here, but when I talk, I can hear that I'm not hearing the same voice back. Uh, so, hey, 
it is it's soft so it doesn't have like the base or the fullness and, and stuff that it usually has so just help me with that listen i want to get to the end tonight with curses specifically maybe we'll touch on the conference because a lot of things when it comes to deliverance is uh encapsulating uh, uh curses as well but i want us to end this tonight and we're going to pray for you say with me curses so i want to see how to how to do this and uh, we've shared a lot this morning we shared a lot two weeks ago on curses i'm going to be a little bit more a little bit more uh just specific or detailed tonight when it comes to specific curses how to deal with them what the scripture says more about it uh why are we going through through uh through through certain stuff and uh Go with me to go with me to Genesis three, Genesis three verse. I don't know. Let's go to verse sixteen. Let me see what it says by verse sixteen. Verse. Let's go to verse fifteen. Okay, verse fourteen. Sorry, I'm just going through like this. I don't have the verse on me. Verse. Let's read from verse ten. Let's see. Okay. One verse back. Okay, let's start there. I want to touch on uh, one of the earliest moments when a curse is pronounced in Scripture. And I want to make this clear that a curse comes because of obedience and disobedience. Are you guys with me? Let's go to, in fact, before we go to Genesis here, go for me to Deuteronomy 28 verse go through to deuteronomy 28 verse uh verse 1 deuteronomy 28 verse 1 i want us to just look at this as a basis i'm going to get to genesis right now and i assume that if you're here tonight that you were here this morning or you were here two weeks ago so that you are on the topic so we don't have to recap anything or i'm just going to talk as if you were here this morning now listen to this now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey say with you obey Obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. The sound is better. Thanks a lot. And all these blessings, say with me, these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. Say with me, the blessings shall overtake me. So the blessing comes because of obedience. Are you guys with me? But it says something. It says this blessing shall overtake you. And I want you to just lay uh, or, or just to take, get a picture of this. When we're going to minister tonight on the curse that overtakes you and pursues you. A lot of people are overtaken by a curse. They go in their life normally and then suddenly it feels like a calamity comes upon them. Or it suddenly feels like a misfortune happens. And the more they carry on, the more worse it gets. Doesn't matter where they try to get out, it doesn't come out. Or they don't come out of it. But it suddenly overtakes them. Are you guys with me? It, it's this, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Why? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So you see, blessings come when we are obedient. But this blessings can so suddenly overtake you. A lot of people experience a curse 
a negative on their side and they don't experience any blessings there is a blessing of God that can come upon you that can suddenly overtake you the way a calamity comes upon you in the same way the blessing can come upon you are you guys with me now let's go to verse 15 verse 15 now it gets to the negative side the curse but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God if you do not obey so if you do not obey disobey to observe carefully his commandments his statutes which I command you today all these curses will come upon you and overtake you are you guys with me all these curses will come upon you and overtake you and then it gets into all the curses go with me to Genesis uh, 3 verse where we were verse 10 Genesis 3 verse 10 so we see that Adam has sinned and I want to uh, focus or, or just exaggerate this point that there was a there's two trees in the garden a tree of knowledge of good and evil and a tree of life and the scripture says that the Lord said man has now become like one of us because they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil are you guys with me and then he's, the scripture goes on and says let's put them out of the garden lest they touch the tree of life and live forever like us I'm gonna dare to suggest to go as far to say certain things um, or to mention something and uh, you're gonna might think that I'm a heretic but this comes out of scripture I want you to get the picture of the Garden of Eden I haven't preached yet on the Garden of Eden I wanted to do a series on it, but we'll leave it maybe for a year later because it might be too much or it might be too deep. But basically, man was put in the garden. And the Lord said, you can be everywhere, but when it comes to these two trees, do not, when it comes to this tree, do not touch it. Are you guys with me? And we get later that it was actually two trees and it was a different way of talking and etc. But that is not, not for tonight. Basically, don't touch this tree. Uh, you can touch everything you can eat of everything everything is there but when it comes to the tree of the knowledge of good of evil meaning there is a place in the realm of the spirit that can give you knowledge even outside of God that will give you access into a place of power um, I don't want to say get you to God because there's only one way to him which is through the christ are you guys with me jesus says i am the way i am the truth i am the life and there's no other way to the father except by me so now we have in the churches that comes up a lot and uh we actually might depending i see uh you know it comes into it comes into um into in fact, we're going to work it into our deliverance and our discipleship because we see when people are getting saved because of things and how it happens today and with social media, they have access to a lot of new age. Now, I want you to understand this. So there's a lot of um, 
people that are getting saved, let's say celebrities, especially in America, and they will use sayings and say, but you know, God, you know, I believe in God. You know, I believe in the God in myself. And they'll even use Christ and they'll say Christ consciousness. And we see these celebrities getting saved one after the other. I had a few, uh, I had about two or so contacting me on Instagram. And they're getting saved there, but they don't speak about Jesus being the only way. They just speak that they found God. But you see that their lifestyles doesn't, doesn't live up to it. The book of Colossians says in scripture how everything was made because of Christ. And without him, there is nothing exists. Um, without him, nothing exists. He was in the beginning. He was in the end. Everything is Christ. And we see how the apostle Paul goes on and he says, listen, everything we preach must be about the message of Christ. Don't worry about the worship of angels, philosophies, empty philosophies. I'm not going to get into the whole scripture, but what he's saying, he says, listen here, there is an access you can get into the realm of the supernatural that is not via Christ. It might look like it will give you eternal life, but it cannot. Are you guys with me? Now, what was tricky is in the Garden of Eden, God said, they have ate of the tree of good and knowledge of good and evil. They have become like one of us. Let's not get them to the tree of life, lest they live forever. Which tells me there was access they could have received to receive eternal life by their own power. When I receive, now that's not, eternal life is only through Christ. And we see how they were put out the garden. I'm just giving you the image of the garden through. We cannot remove what scripture says. That is what it says. But basically what the Lord there's one way, this is the way I want you to live in the Garden of Eden. I've put in rules and regulations. And when you violate it, even though it looks like there's access into the supernatural. So what people are doing now, they're getting access into the supernatural. I can read up any book. I had a, I had a, I had a, a minister speaking to me in South Africa. And there is one or two main ministers in South Africa that has gone into, I don't want to say esoterical gospel. But they've gone into all these extra books of the Bible. So they'll get into the books of Moses. I'm not speaking of the book of Enoch. Uh, uh, I'm not speaking of the book of Enoch or one or two other books which are supposed to be in the Bible. But um, they're getting into the book of Moses. They're getting into the book of the Testament of Solomon. And they begin to say these words. They say, listen, the Bible is not the full word of God. But there's other books that can give you. And they, they still serve Jesus Christ. They do all these things, but deception comes in. And I'm speaking about normal Christians. Are you guys with me? Because for deception to take place, there must be a seduction. Nobody is deceived willingly. There must be a seduction. So how did Eve get seduced? How did Eve get deceived? She was first seduced. She was seduced by the snake to make it look good. To make it look enticing. And as the snake seduced her, making it look uh, uh, glorious, making it look perfect. And there's a gospel that many preach and a Christianity that many preach where it is a seduction of power. We saw it in, we see it in South Africa where, um, where people are getting into and they, especially I saw they say what they call a um, black liberation movement where they'll say, no, 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 but you know, Jesus was not white. Jesus was actually black. And uh, Christianity came to colonize and it's a subtle, it sounds all right. And even many of the facts is right. But the seduction part is what Satan uses to deceive. And the next thing, 
we are put out of Christianity. We work on this conscious, this, uh, this, uh, our history and the scars and what has happened. And I'm speaking of every culture. The, and the Satan uses these things to seduce. And we see back in the Garden of Eden that they had access into the realm of the Spirit through another way except what God has given them. Are you guys with me? The Bible says that there are some who have entered into the sheepfold, not through the door. There are some who has entered into this realm or this dimension that we are in, but they haven't come through the door of Christ and they are illegally here. Are you guys with me? How do I stay pure or how do I keep my heart right in these days? Say with me, Christ. I don't even want to say Jesus, although we know, but there are many Jesus born today. There are many Jesuses that are alive today. It is Jesus the Christ the anointed one and the bible goes so far to say that god is in christ meaning if i serve a god who is not in christ i'm serving the wrong god if i just my language is just like oh god and i never and i completely forsake jesus christ christ will keep me on the road are you guys with me in the new testament they preach the message of christ and resurrection power came. Wherever they went, they spoke about the revelation and the message of the Christ. Because people were worshiping, even in Paul's days, they were worshiping the unknown God on Mars Hill. And they were worshiping the unknown God and the unknown God according to, and Diana was blessing the businesses according to them, but uh, was making their money because they were selling idols, all the businesses were buying idols and money were coming in like that. And Paul had to separate and differentiate it by saying, no, 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 look, we serve a God that is in Christ. Meaning God himself is located in Christ. I cannot get to him unless I go through the Christ. Everything about him is about the Christ. The Christ was in the beginning and was in the end. Are you guys with me? And that is just a way how to stay out of deception. But to get back to, to this verse, so we see how they were deceived. God is looking for them in the garden. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Adam said, and he said, who told you that you were naked? The Lord said, have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, I wanted you to see this. Adam and the woman didn't say they did it because they wanted to. They said, somebody deceived me. So a lesser sentence is coming to them. So a harsher sentence is coming to the serpent. A lesser, serpent, a lesser sentence is coming to, this, uh, to, to Adam and Eve. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed. Say with me, you are cursed. You are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust. All the days of your life next verse and i will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed 
he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Speaking of the Christ. To the woman, to, to the woman he said, now listen to this. To the woman the Lord said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Just hold on there. To the serpent, God cursed the serpent straight. But he did not curse Adam and Eve. He cursed the work of their hands and the labor. Are you guys with me? I will greatly multiply your sorrow in conception. We see childbirth. In your pain you shall bring forth children. The first thing she was cursed with. The second thing she was cursed with is that your desire shall be your husband. And he shall rule over you. That is the second curse on a woman. The next, next verse. Now this is going to make some feminists manifest. That's okay. Okay. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. God doesn't curse Adam. He curses the ground. Are you guys with me? Because he weighed the situation up in scales. And he said, okay, the serpent was out to deceive them. But they were deceived, so the judgment is lesser. But I want you to see a second thing. God is saying, because you listen to your wife. With all due respect. When the order is broken in a house, you see a curse coming upon a house. And this doesn't mean in, 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 in um, forced submission or having dominion over somebody. It is simply God's order. Are you guys with me? Adam did not rule his own spirit. He did not rule himself and he was not the priest of the house when that situation took place. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Say with me, in toil. Next, carry on. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife named Eve. Now, from dust, from dust, from dust, we see two curses upon Eve's life of areas in life that was cursed and one area in Adam's life that was cursed. And I want to even go as far to say that you had the serpent that was deceiving them, God cursed the serpent. The first one after the serpent that was deceived was Eve. We see two curses going to her. The third one that was deceived, we see one curse going. Are you guys with me? It is, we have to read the Bible face value exactly like that and not try to twist or change it. What was cursed about Eve's life? Childbearing. And number two, your, your, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. When God made Adam and Eve, he made them to be equal. The curse brought in that a woman submits to a man. Are you guys with me? Now don't say that curse can be turned around. Otherwise, other, otherwise we have to say, okay, but then also childbearing, no, just go natural, you know. 
And uh, it's a curse that is put in. So you see how um, serpent was cursed. When it comes to Adam and uh, to Eve, her childbearing was cursed. And the fact that she, her, her desire will be for her husband and he will rule over her. That's a curse. And then the third thing, when Adam was cursed, is the toil of his hands. So you see when with the woman, everything about a design, a makeup, a, core, or a purpose of existing. Like I said, why will manif uh, feminists manifest? Because they'll say, you know, people are just saying women must just give children and just submit to their husbands and they want... No, no, no. We, th those were the two areas. God made her as a helpmate to her husband in partner to be supportive in a team and then she was there to multiply with her husband and to bring forth children so those two areas is cursed her very existence and purpose is cursed and the one thing that man was supposed to do to rule to reign to go and work and multiply was cursed by toil that for him to provide now and get finances in is going to cost him the sweat of his bro are you guys with me so we see a um we see a situation we see how god had to curse them but he had to keep in mind that he's a god of love and a god of mercy or sorry a god of justice and a god of mercy a god of justice and a god of love uh, if i can use an example just to reflect and illustrate what i'm trying to get through with curses is there was a convent a convent, if you don't know, it's a Roman Catholic, uh, what do you call them? It's like a convent, where well, you're not in one. Uh, no, Estelle, where well, you're not in one, in a convent. Hey? It's like a, a, a host, uh, hostel, where you get grown up in, okay, you go to a convent. And uh, this one convent said, uh, it says, um, it was called, well, not, let me not give the name right now, but this is the sign that was on the convent when you get into the door. It says, absolutely no trespassing. Violators will be prosecuted to the full extent with no mercy of the law. To full extent of the law with no mercy. And it's signed the Sisters of Mercy. You'll catch her when you get home. But uh, it illustrates an image of the God of love and the God of judgment both mercy and judgment when it comes to a curse when he came to adam and eve though he loved them he had to allow the curse to have an effect are you guys with me so they the penalty of death over them was removed they were supposed to die for that sin but because the penalty of death was removed there was still a penalty of disobedience that came in they had to suffer the penalty and the consequences of disobedience so death has been removed from your life through Jesus Christ. But there is consequences of a curse that is in your life. There's a penalty that we suffer because of disobedience. Are you guys with me? And every time I disobey the voice of God, I'm activating or enacting a curse that comes upon me. When I'm obedient to the voice of God, I activate blessings that comes upon me. How do I turn my life from a life of cursing to a life of blessing? There's one way to do it through legal requirements and breaking the legal rights. 
that is in the spirit as I shared this morning. But another way is to let my life be overtaken by blessings. When I become obedient to his voice. Are you guys with me? So many people are disobedient. Listen, God, you walk past and the Lord tells you to help that person with one, two, three. Or to go and do this and we just disobey his voice. That is still, uh, that's not really breaking the law, but we're breaking his voice. We are disobedient. Or we begin to, um, we begin to, by face value or confidently break his law. Just by violating commandments and I live a life of treating people bad. Or I live a life of just living in sin and in the world. And I wonder, but why are certain things happening? It's the, ver it's the blessing versus the curse. Do I live in a place of obedience or live in a place of disobedience? Are you guys with me? I know it is not a hallelujah message. But I want you to, I want you to, to, catch, to catch this. Let's get into, say with me, what is a curse? And I want to, as I said, we still, every, every, every session we're giving definitions of what a curse is. But a curse, go with me to Lamentations 3 verse 64. Lamentations 3 verse 64. Put in the King James Version. What is a curse? Render unto them a recompense. O Lord, according to the work of their hands. Next verse. Give them sorrow of heart. Thy curse unto them. Say with it, thy curse unto them. He says, give them sorrow of heart, which is your curse. Are you guys with me? Next verse, 66. Persecute and destroy them in anger. From under the heavens, O Lord. Say with me, recompense. So what is a curse? A curse is God's recompense. It is His payment system. Paying for something that is good or bad. It is a payment that comes because you've done something good or you've done something bad. Are you guys with me? Obedience or disobedience. Then we see a curse is followed by the sorrow of heart. So there are four dimensions I want to get into tonight. Just with what is a curse. And give you three points after that. What? Three dimensions of a curse. Number one, say with you, recompense. Recompense is a return. It is a payment for obedience or disobedience. It is a payment for something that has been done. Or it is a, it is a punishment because of something that has done. So go to Jeremiah 32 verse 18. Jeremiah 32 verse 18. Mm -hmm. So listen to this. Thou shows loving kindness unto thousands and recompenses the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. Let me change the wording again or a little bit. And recompense the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children with a curse. As a curse. So because of the sins of the fathers, God repays it with a curse by putting it into the bosom of the children. Are you guys with me? This is his word. Why did he do that? Why did he choose to do that? So that he can be a loving God and not put the penalty of death upon someone. I'm going to say it again. Why did God choose to put 
a curse upon children because of the iniquity of the fathers. Because the reward of sin is death. Are you guys with me? The scripture says the rewards of sin is death. According to the law of sin, if I sin, death should come to me. I should be dying immediately physically. So God puts a balance in scripture and he says, no, 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 I'll create a curse, a payment system that I'll put a curse into the bosom of children because of the sins of their father. So this curse will come and afflict them. It will persecute them. It will haunt them all their lives, but death at least won't come to them. It is God's mercy at play. The blessing of God is God's grace. A curse of God is God's mercy. Do you understand it? I don't think you understand it yet. Why did God have to do it? Why? Because the law of sin is death. So he had to find a legal way and say, how can I change this? How can I show mercy to my children? As I shared this morning, he is, God is sitting in a judge, a courtroom, with Satan as the accuser next to him, accusing your life from morning to night, bringing, saying to the Lord, okay, I open up a case here. That one has done one, two, three. Uh, you know, that one has cursed and swore this other brother and sister of them. This one has done this wrong. This one deceived this one. This one took money from this one here. There's an open door upon their lives. Death should immediately be the answer. Because the penalty of sin, the, the reward of, the, 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 the result of sin is death. The penalty of sin is death. And the Lord says, no, 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 I'll create a curse. So in the courtroom system, he says, listen, how will we make Ahab, 1 Kings chapter number 20, how will we make Ahab go up to the war so that he can be killed and die. I cannot kill Ahab because I'm a God that gives life, not death. There's no shadow in his turning. Are you guys with me? There's no darkness in him. There's no shadow in his turning. When you look at him, it's just light. There's no darkness. So he has to legally find a way to get somebody killed. Um, Miriam and Aaron gets hit with leprosy because they spoke against Moses. But God put in a law, touch not my prophets and do my servants, uh, touch not my servants and do my prophets no harm. Are you guys with me? And he comes to me and he says, did you have no fear to speak against my servant Moses? Were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Why? He had scripture to use it. Um, so the Lord is saying, how will we kill Ahab? And a spirit came forth and says, I will do it. And the Lord says, how will you do it? And it is amazing. Although God is all knowing, the scripture says there were many suggestions in that court, giving suggestions on how to get Ahab to go to up to the battle. Are you guys with me? And this spirit came up and says, send me. And the Lord says, how will you do it? I he said, I will go and be a lying spirit in the mouth of Ahab's prophets. And I will prophesy to him to go up to the battle and he will listen to that and he will go up. And then he can be killed. 
in the New Testament, the Bible's in the book of Matthew, somewhere, I don't know where that verse is right now, but the Bible says, this is the wisdom of God, that He sends prophets to you, that you will persecute them, and afflict them, and kill them, and their blood will be shed, and, I, and you will hold the blood of Abel, of all the prophets, from Abel up until now, and it will be held against you, to kill this generation. God was looking and was saying, listen here, how can I destroy this generation? And the wisdom of God said, let's send them a prophet or prophets. They will stone and kill those prophets. Then I'll take the blood of all the prophets. So there's something we call the law of the blood of prophets. That once people get against prophets or against the prophetic, there's the blood of all the other prophets that speak on behalf of it. That is why the scriptures do not touch my anointed and and touch, uh, touch on my anointed and do my prophets no harm. There's blood that is crying out in the courtroom. What is the, what did the Lord say in the book of Revelation chapter number six? He said, the Bible says that the blood of the martyrs were crying out to avenge them. And the Lord says, just wait a little while more so that more blood can be built up. So that when I do my judgment, that it can be proper. Are you guys with me? That it can be full. Meaning if I throw my wrath out because of you, the blood is not yet full. It hasn't reached the measure point yet. Are you guys with me? Let's, uh, uh, let's, uh, where, 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 where were we? Uh, there's my thing. So, so anyway, say with me, a recompense. Let's go to Jeremiah. Where we were, Jeremiah uh, 32 verse 18. He shows his loving kindness and he puts a curse in the children after them because of their iniquity. So I want you to see God's curse as a mercy. But there's a way to get a curse lifted. Are you guys with me? A curse does not come from Satan. A curse does not come from a witch. Somebody cursing you is not really a curse. When God puts a curse on you, it is because of a legal court system and when we try to bind that curse or remove it, we're binding God. We have to find a legal way to remove that. We shared this morning how to do it. So number one, a curse. The first dimension of a curse, say with me, recompense. Number two, say with me, iniquity. It's iniquity and perversion is number two. Go with me to, go with me to uh, 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 Jeremiah 32 verse, oh, we were on the Jeremiah 32 verse 18. It says the iniquity of the fathers and iniquity is not just a sin it is a perversion of a sin it is a, it means to be twisted the word iniquity means to be twisted it means to to be perverted to be twisted in every form in fact it means to be perverted the word perverted means to be morally wrong to be stubborn in my behavior what the, why it says stubbornness is because I, when I commit a sin, but I begin to do it over and over, that sin is turned into an iniquity. King David says, I was born into iniquity. Are you guys with me? Many people were born into a house of iniquity, whether they come out of a house where there was adultery or a house where there was a divorce or a, they're born out of wedlock, they're born into a broken home and iniquity comes into them. And they wonder, but why is everything going wrong? When I sit in a doctor's room, 
a doctor will usually ask me if they look for cancer or they look for things, even when it comes to the abuse of alcohol, they'll ask you, does it run in your family? That a natural person can understand hereditary diseases. But in the spirit, many times Christians can't understand it because they refuse or they don't want to look at the, the possibility of where a problem can be. They don't want to face the situation. Are you guys with me? So number one, a curse, dimension of a curse is recompense. Another second dimension of a curse is iniquity and perversion. When something gets, uh, the word iniquity, it means mischief. It means twisted. It means uh, evil in nature fully. It means the fullness of sin. The word iniquity means the fullness of sin. When sin is fully formed and grown. The third dimension of, of a curse is what we call uh, uh, persecution. Say with you, persecution. Before we get a persecution, go into Lamentations 3 verse 65. Lamentations 3 verse 65. Give them sorrow of heart. Go one verse back. I know it's a little bit back and forth. I just want to get the definition of a curse. So render unto them a recompense. O Lord, according to the work of their hands. So curse number one is recompense. Number two is iniquity and perversion. And then we see, give them sorrow of heart, thy curse unto you. Whenever a curse comes to somebody, it is a sorrow of heart. The third, point, the third dimension of a church is sorrow, of a curse is sorrow of heart. Sorrow of heart is when a misfortune just suddenly comes upon you. It is when you are in a dip and you feel like you cannot be lifted up or your heart is not full of joy. It is when you lose the joy of your salvation. Are you guys with me? It is when there is a sudden tragedy or death in, this, in, the, in the family or sudden a tragedy or a destruction in the home or a, a financial loss and it causes your heart to be full of sorrow and you cannot be lifted up again. It is a curse that is being inflicted upon you. The third dimension. The fourth dimension. So the persecution. Go to the, verse, go to the next verse. Uh, persecute. So the persecute and destroy. So we see how a curse, the fourth dimension is persecution. Meaning that the word persecute means to harass, to, to come upon somebody, to injure them and to be hostile towards them. So here we see that God can persecute people. Are you guys with me? And the fifth dimension is to destroy, persecute and destroy them in anger from under the heavens, O Lord. The, fourth, the fifth dimension of a curse is destruction. Its end result is to bring destruction upon you and your family. But it is God in His mercy legally has to allow a curse to come upon you. And it will have trials to come upon you. If you as a Christian can... Um, if you as a Christian can, can wait that out and know how to get to the court and fight the trial of your faith, you will live through, but it's going to shape you and form you and shape your character. And God is saying, I'm going to allow the curse to shape your character. Are you guys with me? So go with me to, go with me to Deuteronomy 28 verse 20. Deuteronomy 28 verse 20. Zadonu. I want to get to just three points of a curse. 
three ways how a curse works. Verse 45, verse 45, sorry. Three ways how a curse works. How a curse operates. Moreover, listen to this. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed. Say with me, until I am destroyed. Go, let's read from verse 45 again. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you. Say with me, come upon you. Number two, say pursue and say overtake. The three qualities of a curse and how a curse operates is number one, a curse will come upon somebody. The word come upon actually means to show up in your life suddenly, out of nowhere. And when a person sees it, they suddenly become fearful and they want to turn the other way. But now curse goes to the second way. It says it will come upon you. It will show itself. It will reveal itself to you. And then number two, it will pursue you. So if you pursue. The word pursue means almost similar to persecute, but it means to harass you and to follow you wherever you go. You can move to Australia, that curse will still be there. Are you guys with me? I shared this morning an illustration of a story of a, if your daughter gets raped, now her perpetrator, the penalty of sin and the penalty of death is upon him. And just before this penalty is enacted and judgment is made to come upon this perpetrator, this perpetrator gets saved. What does God do? The scripture says, say with him, pass over. God has to, the curse has to pass over him, the power of that curse. But the presence of that curse is still in his life. Let me say, for example, the Israelites that were in Egypt, when they had the blood upon them, what happened? The spirit of death passed over them. But they were still in those situations and circumstances. Are you guys with me? They were still in the middle of Egypt. They still experienced all the plagues, even as Egypt's people experienced the plagues. But death passed over them. So when a curse is upon you getting saved, death is passed over. But you're experiencing the penalty or the consequences. The presence of a curse, but the death penalty is passed over. How does a curse get passed over? It's because of the blood. Are you guys with me? So the, 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 the penalty and the sting of death is removed. But there are things otherwise that are still coming in. Sickness and this and that. How do I deal with that? So with the blood. I have to go to the court and apply the blood. The third thing is they shall pursue you, meaning this curse will harass you. You can move to another business. You go from one workplace to another workplace to another workplace and the same situation follows you. You want to turn a blind eye to it and the same situation follows you. It doesn't matter where you run from. The only remedy to this thing is to break it and destroy it and cancel a curse. And then the third point is say with me overtake. This curse will overtake you. This is the qualities and operations of a curse. It will suddenly overtake you. The word overtake means to suddenly come upon somebody with a mandate to destroy. It means to violently step on someone. 
to violently overtake someone. Are you guys with me? Go with me to Deuteronomy 28 verse 52. Deuteronomy 28 verse 52. And I'm staying in Deuteronomy. Because this is where it's speaking of blessings and cursings. Now speaking of the curse. They shall besiege you. Say with you besiege. And at all gates until your high and fortified walls in which you trust come down throughout all your land and they shall besiege you at all your gates throughout all your land which the Lord your God has a curse comes upon somebody and then besieges them the word besiege to means to surround a city until its walls is broken down to put a besiegement around a city and it'll be there for days constantly even it starts suddenly until the walls are broken down a curse will come upon you and it'll begin to besiege you and inflict you and persecute you until your walls is around and you feel like you cannot protect your heart anymore in this side or that side and there's just attacks from everywhere are you guys with it go to proverbs 25 verse 28 proverbs 25 verse 28 once why does a curse operate this way it knows that whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls the moment your walls is broken down you lose control over your own spirit this is where people just suddenly snap they don't have control over their emotions they don't have control over an outcome of an issue they don't have control over how they behave or how they act or how they do this or that it is when a curse is in full in full force upon their lives there are many that is in this church and before you came here you might have been from church to church to church or might have been from one business to another business and things just don't pick up even financially there's no way to run from this thing but to face it and cancel it are you guys with me we have an advocate in the high court in heaven's court that's not just there for the penalty of sin which is death or is not just there for our salvation but is there to break every curse once we know how to bring our case but i must know how to present my case properly are you guys with me the the last point of a curse go with you to deuteronomy 28 verse 65 deuteronomy 28 verse 65 Listen to this. This is another result. Now I can get into so many points. I just took the main points. And among those nations, you shall find no rest, nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place. But there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, and an anguish of soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. You shall fear day and night, and no assurance of your life. Say with me, no rest say no peace somebody that is under a curse it's like peace will be removed from their life they will not be able to rest they will always be in a hurry or they always want to get finance in they just they, the rest and peace of their soul is removed are you guys with me go through psalm 23 psalm 23 verse 1 Zaranum. Mm. 
Listen to this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Next verse. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside so with the to lie down. What do I do with a curse? As I said this morning, number one, I repent. I confess it with another brother or sister that is of same faith, that is full of righteousness, that is filled with the Holy Ghost. I confess my sins to them. I repent. I renounce and I'm in agreement that that curse is broken. Because the scripture says, where two or three on earth agrees, so it shall be in heaven, done for them in heaven. Now I do that and then the last point is what I find scripture because I need to take a, the word of God. Because God is submitted to his word. He's accountable to his own word. And I find a scripture that contradicts it. But listen, uh, a curse will bring no rest, but the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He shall make me lie down in green pastures. That God is the God of peace. He will shortly crush Satan under your feet. Are you guys with him? So I take these scriptures, one after the other regarding peace. And where peace is given to me, Christ is the Prince of Peace. And I begin to quote these scriptures and I put it with a curse. And I deal with the power of a curse with a word. Mm. That is why you need to know, uh, know the words. No peace is the result of a curse in someone's life. It is just a matter of digging deeper and digging deeper to find the roots. But it is there. Are you guys with me? Wherever you're sitting right now, I just want you to close your eyes. Just focus me on the Lord. Just raise your hands to the Lord and surrender however you want to just surrender to Him and wait to receive right now. Holy Spirit, fill this place with your presence. Let every curse that is inflicted upon your people, that you begin to reveal it to them right now. Bring light upon a place that is filled with darkness. Bring light upon a place that is to cover and to hide. Let the light of God, let the Spirit of God come upon situations. Those who are suffering things like sickness, financial problems, marriage problems, reveal the source of a curse right now. Things that has happened in generations before, things that has been disobedience in their life, Lebroska Akedena Moskete Kedre de Lebenamaya. 
Let Leska adroduska de bandiete de le bayam. Redasko te le batien de le bena mambroskataya. Zedasko te ke le bredurska tarabarke de le bedamayam. Lekanoska te ke brede le bredanoska de le kedre de le bayam. Rekandonska te kedre benamayam. A curse that runs upon an individual usually comes because of these areas that I'm going to mention right now. Or it affects these areas. Let me say it like this. It affects marriage. It affects finances. It affects sickness. It affects stability. It affects emotional stability. It comes because it affects a person's mental ability. You cannot think straight. You don't know what is going on. It brings a sudden calamity. That is the... That is the, the, uh, that is the purpose of a curse, is to bring calamity, to bring destruction. It is upon the house of the wicked, not an individual. A lot of people are born in a house of the wicked. It comes upon you and others and just because you are under that space, the penalty of that curse or the effects of that generational curse is touching your life. It is, like a, it is like a cloud or a shadow. You cannot put your finger on it. It's not substance. It's not something you don't know what is going on. You're trying to go to doctors or you're trying to find a job. You're trying to fix something with finances. The root is spiritual. The root is spiritual. The source is spiritual. The lady with 18 years of a spirit of infirmity upon her. The Bible says that she was naturally bent in the natural, but Satan bound her in the spirit. I want you as you sit here, think of any area in your life that is naturally bent right now. That has a natural effect that everything is just chaos, whether it is in your marriage, whether it is in the area of finances, whether it is in the area of mental sickness, whether it is uh, in the area of your mind, whether it is the area of family or marriage or business, or when you try to serve God or passionately serve Him, there's something that just causes chaos to come in. I want you to think of that because a natural bent, or keep that in your mind right now, an area where there's a natural bent, Satan has bound it in the Spirit. And like the lady with the issue of blood, she spent all her money going to doctors and she couldn't find a solution. Why? There was a satanic binding behind the scenes. Stand to your feet for me wherever you are. Stand to your feet. Now I'm going to pray for certain things and the Lord just whispered or ministered to me before I came here about a certain area that I'm going to pray for. But before I pray for that, I'm going to pray for a general thing. Just raise your hands or surrender to Him. Okay, church, if you mean this in your heart, I want you to follow this after me. 
If you're saying, I want these areas of my life to be removed. I want the light of God to shine on these areas of my life. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I repent of every sin, knowingly and unknowingly, that I've committed or that my forefathers have committed, any iniquity they have committed that have been passed on to me, every vow, every oath, every ritual, every covenant and blood covenant, I repent on their behalf. I ask of your forgiveness on their behalf. Every one of those things that I have done, knowingly and unknowingly, I repent. I renounce every spirit associated to those sins. I renounce the spirit of witchcraft, the spirit of pride, the spirit of rejection, anger, rage, unforgiveness. I renounce the spirit of the occult, addiction, bondage, homosexuality, every blood covenant spirit. I renounce the spirit of Leviathan, Jezebel and Python, every spirit of idolatry and spirit of stubbornness and rebellion. I renounce it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. The scripture says that you have become a curse. Say it with you. The scripture says that you have become a curse for us upon the cross. I appropriate that by your blood right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I receive freedom right now. I command every spirit to depart, to live my life and my family and my children. Every soul tie, I renounce it in Jesus' name. I break its power. Every covenant, I renounce it. Just raise your hands. Leska abrekedoske te kedelebena mambroskataya. Bredonoska adrekedelebroska tarekedelebradoske te kenamaya. Kenashke delebredonoske te kedelebradoske te kedabaya. Ziska adrodoske te kedelebena mambroske te kenamaya. Lekanoska akedredoske te kedelebandioske te. As the Spirit of the Lord began to minister to me about people here that are physically injured or physically affected by an illness by an ailment because as a result of a curse in their lives or what has done previously or by them in childhood but i saw this thing that causes a physical area i'm speaking of like an illness or a sickness on their body whether it is cancer whether it is a uh, an ulcer whether it is it is something in your life that's uh, like the lady with the issue of blood. For 12 years, she had this issue of bleeding and no doctor could fix it.
because there was a spiritual source behind it. The daughter of Abraham who was bent over. And then in the area of finances and marriage, it's like you just saw the destruction of marriage. You saw the breaking down of marriage. And it was beyond your control. Raise your hands to the Lord. That Father right now, I pray for the anointing. I pray for the presence of God. Rest upon them. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost, by the blood of Jesus Christ, every area in your lives, in their lives that you're showing to them right now, when we deal with deliverance, when we deal with curses especially, things that we might not know that happened, when you are focusing on the Lord, there'll be an image that'll come up before you. There'll be a thought or an impression that'll just appear to you. And it is the Holy Spirit saying to you about that area that you have to deal with. So say with me, say, Heavenly Father, I lay this before you. I surrender my life. I break every legal right right now. I remove and cancel the enemy's legal rights in Jesus' mighty name. Let's worship him one song. If you just before we go into worship, if you are here and you're saying in that area of physical illness or especially marriage breakdown or there's a physical illness upon my body, there's something that is just not right, which is coming from generations before. I want you to get out of your seats, come to the front. Let's worship in one song. Let's come break it in the Muscat. Then we can pray for you for freedom.
Just focus on him, focus on him. Say with me, say, Heavenly Father, I receive your blood. I receive cleanness right now. I receive deliverance. Cleanse me by the power of your blood. Every crevice, every area in my life, expose dark things hidden things in Jesus name father I pray right now for your blood to be upon them your blood to be in this place just focus on him focus on him and that area of your life where that pain is I want you to let that go. That area where that pain is, let that go. Father, I take authority over every spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, I bind your spirits. I bind your work. I bind every operating spirit under you. I bind every access you have over their lives. By the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, I bind every open door. I shut it because of their confession, because of their faith. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of them right now. Those who are standing in the aisles, come out of them right now. In Jesus' mighty name.